Welcome to the Food Peace Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Fertility Nutrition Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now, let's get this party started. Hey, 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 friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Peace Please podcast. Serena and I are here today, and we can't wait to dive into this topic with you. And we're going to give you just like a little bit of what we're going to talk about today, and that is what they don't actually tell you about your body. Does that have you intrigued? I hope so, because that is what we are diving into today. But first, as you know, we always talk about what's new before we get into it. So Serena, what is new? Okay, so it is officially summer over here in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. And this, I don't know, like I honestly feel like every summer, like I kind of feel like a little bit of a hot mess. Like I just like my weekends are like so filled with activities and I'm not in routine. And I think that's just like how summer works. And it's it's a great gift, right? Because it spices up life and you make memories. But this summer feels like particularly really hectic. Susan and I were actually talking about this yesterday. Like I have both my sisters are getting married. I'm getting married. My best friend is getting married. And I swear, like, I think every single weekend this summer, there's some kind of like wedding related activity happening for myself or somebody I love. And so I'm basically going to be busy for the next like like 10 weeks <laughs> doing wedding stuff for somebody. Um, and I just kind of feel crazy. Like I honestly, I, I kind of get anxious when my schedule has this many activities, even if it's fun activities. Like I just kind of like get this weird sense of like, am I going to be able to relax? Like, and I have to kind of talk back to myself and be like, you're still going to make time to rest and relax. Um, you're going to be fine. It's just like a such a delicate balance uh, every summer. Yeah, I totally get that. We've had summers like that too where you have like a million weddings and especially when it's people that you like love and you're really close to like and so you're going to like all the things. It's not just the wedding, you know, like it's all the things and it does take up a lot of weekends, but it is a lot of fun too. It's just like you said, it can get kind of exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot, but it'll it'll be fun. It's a it's a great season to get married, that's for sure. Uh so Susan, what's new with you over there? Oh, well, I – so Eric and I have been, like, talking about uh, our, like, travel plans and the places that we, like, want to go and see while we're temporary living out on the East Coast. And uh, I – so we kind of decided we're going to do, like, one place a month um, or one thing a month. So I think this month we are going to try to, like, get to a dog-friendly beach <laughs> because it is, like – my, I just like feel like it'd be so fun to take Willa to the beach. Um, she loves to like when we're in Wisconsin, uh, we like go out boating on the lake and there's like sandbars. This is very Wisconsin Midwest thing, I feel like. Um, but there's sandbars, and so she like loves to like play fetch on the sand and like run around. And then, of course, naturally, she just like rolls in the sand and like is completely destroyed by the end of the day. And so we have to give her a bath. But um, I'm excited for to take her to the ocean. 
When I met Willa, we went for like a walk along the river, along the Schuylkill here in Philly. And we like she found this like sandy dirt patch and just started like nuts. Like she was just like rolling around in it. And I was like, what is going on? And Susan's like, oh, yeah, she loves dirt. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, this is the (laughs) cutest thing in the entire universe. I like dogs are so weird sometimes. Like that's like I I think I looked it up. Like what does it mean when they like roll around and like rub themselves? I I, I don't remember now. But like she was even doing it last night at my parents. Like she was just, like rolling and like in the grass, and then she like needs a bath and wouldn't let me give her a bath. So so has she seen the ocean before? No. Oh my god! I want to know what that's like. You have to take a video for me. Yeah, she absolutely loves the water. So I think she's going to she's going to like it. It might freak her out a little bit just because obviously it's like a bigger body of water and there's uh like waves like more than (laughs) what there is in like a lake, obviously. Uh but yeah, I'm excited to take her and see what she thinks. Yeah, I can't wait to like see the videos. I feel like she's gonna love it. Yeah, I think she will too. All right. Well, let's get into it. And Serena, what is it that they don't really – and when we say they, we just mean like diet culture and in general. But like what is it that they don't really tell you about your body? Oh, my goodness. I feel like the list is pretty long. Um, but I, I think something that we really want to dive into today is just kind of some basics about how – your metabolism works and how food and digestion and how that gets turned into energy in your body works. Because kind of I think the narrative we're being sold is that if you eat carbs, you get fat, right? This like causation of like you do this, you that happens. Like if you eat something fattening, you get fat. And and so some of these comments sound very fat phobic. It's because I'm quoting diet culture, um, obviously. But you know there's there's not really this like understanding of like, well, what does actually happen when you eat carbs? Like what does actually happen when you eat 1,200 calories and you're a grown adult? You know, and so there's all these beliefs kind of just like sold to us that if we eat more than 1,200 calories, we'll gain weight. If we eat carbs, we'll get fat. If you, you know, eat uh, processed food, you'll get sick. Like all of these like kind of like very super um, causation statements are kind of being sold to us when truly metabolism is complex. And um, actually, if we're thinking about how metabolism works, you know, I always joke around with my clients. I'm like, if you eat a sweet potato or you eat uh, a Jolly Rancher, do you think there's little pieces of sweet potato and Jolly Rancher floating around in your bloodstream? Right? Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, is there little pieces of like food in your bloodstream? Like, absolutely not. Um, all those foods need to be broken down into particles. And when we look at digestion and we look at the biochemistry, if it's a sweet potato or if it's a Jolly Rancher, it's both being broken down into sugar, which is what's in your bloodstream. It's it's the smallest, simplest particle. So there's all this fear mongering around like labeling foods as good and bad. But when you actually understand digestion and metabolism, you kind of realize like, wait, that doesn't actually stand on its two feet. Um, So I feel like that's like the biggest mystery that I think I would say that they're not telling us about our body, but there's so many other things. Like Susan, what's kind of coming to your mind? I think the first thing that actually comes to my mind besides the metabolism piece of it is like as a woman, how like you're – 
how your menstrual cycle works and like how your body actually works. Like, I don't know if this is like what your experience was, but like, I just remember as a kid, like in third grade, like that's when they started teaching you about human growth and development. And I just like remember, you know, it's like they just, And even, like, throughout, like, then the remainder, like, through high school, it's, like, they just teach you, like, yep, like, you get your period, like, and you're, like, under this impression that, like, you could get pregnant at any moment. And, like, we're not actually taught, like, what is, like, actually, like, normal, like, you know, normal bodily fluids that you might have, like, related to your reproductive system. Like, we're just – we're not taught any of these things. And, like, because of, like, our – like, my own, like, fertility journey with my husband, it's, like, because of that, like, I've learned so much about the reproductive system and, like, how it works. And, I like, it's very empowering for me to, like, understand that. But it, like, also, like, makes me a little frustrated and sad that, like, we're really not taught – like, as women, we are not taught these, like – really empowering things about our bodies. And it it's something that we need to start to like teach in a different way. You know, like um, we need to start to teach women that like what like their body is capable of and like how their body works and <clears throat> that they that you can trust your body. Because I think honestly this might sound a little conspiracy theorist, but I'm just going to go for it and say it. But like, because women aren't really taught like how their body works and we're just like under this impression that you could get pregnant at any moment, which isn't actually true at all. Like it's kind of a way of controlling us. Like, and it's just a little bit meh to me. Wait, like say more about how I, – I, yeah, I don't know if this conspiracy there is, but I think this is really interesting, so I don't care. Like how is that – because I like have my thoughts when you just said that, but how do you feel like that's them, quote unquote, controlling us? Well, I think by not teaching women like what their bodies can actually like do and like how their body actually works and like giving you the power and the autonomy to understand that like, hey – I ovulate once a month for most women. Um, And when I ovulate that one time a month, like I'm, you know, there's a fertile window that, you know, is maybe five to seven days. Seven days is a long shot, probably like five days. Um, And like instead, like it's kind of taught like you need to just control, like, For me, it's like something like sticky that comes back to like men, (laughs) like and and like that, like you know, you need to just like control your own reproductive system, and like men don't have to worry about it. Yeah, like to me, it's like this. So, so I think this. So these conversations are really interesting to me because so Susan, like obviously, is well, not obviously, but Susan's like very tuned into like her reproductive system, and I've been in the on the pill for like a billion years, so I am like. Literally, like, we were joking about this last weekend when we went to brunch. I was like, I feel like it's like a black hole. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I just take my pill and forget about it, you know? Like, so this is – it's so interesting and I, and I kind of want to tell that to you guys, like, share that personal information because if you're sitting there and you've been taking the pill for a thousand years and you're kind of like, 
what's Susan talking about? Like, I don't know. It's intriguing to me even, even though I take the pill. And I think it's, I think it's interesting because – and again, this is as somebody who is choosing to take the pill and I like my pill and I'm not giving it up. It's like I think it's interesting because I kind of feel like – the pill, like taking oral contraception, could just be a little bit of either construed as, and this is not based in fact, it's like a personal opinion of like either like we're not like like female, like women aren't like smart enough to like like trust their it's kind of this this the same thing we we're saying with diet dieting last episode, where we we're saying like everyone's telling us don't trust your body. Like you can't trust your body to not get pregnant. Like you can't figure that out. Like you can't trust your body to know how to eat. Like you can't trust your body. Your body's gonna crave ice cream and pizza. Like you're just like a gluttonous, like, you know, terrible person. Like you can't trust your body. And so it kind of feels to me like the fact that I from a very young age was sold this idea of like, God forbid you not be on the pill because like you know, there will be hell to pay. It'll be like a teenage pregnancy type situation or whatever. It's just like so interesting. And then the other thing that pops out to me is like that we live in this culture where we're all so busy and running around, like doing all the things that we don't even have time to like check our calendar and see like when's our fertile window, like being aware of that kind of stuff. And like that also is toxic because this culture we live in where everyone's so busy like doing all the things that they don't have a second to check in with themselves is also like not healthy, you know? Like it's also contributing to like another problem. Yeah. And, you know, okay, I wanted to like – because I was thinking about when you were talking about like being on the pill and just feeling it's a black hole, like you just like don't – like like that's exactly where I was like when I was on birth control. And I remember when I stopped my birth control – I've been off birth control now for probably like six years or something like that. And um, But I remember when I like stopped it and like I started to let my cycle go like natural. I remember like this is like – TMI a little bit. So, but I know that there's fertility people on this. So they're just going to be like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but like, I remember like I started getting like cervical mucus and I was like, what? Like, WTF is this? <laughs> like, I had no idea like what that meant. I was like, this is annoying. Why is my body doing this? And like, now what I realize is like, holy crap, like that was actually like, really, really like fertile. And I realize now I was really fertile when I went off the pill. <laughs> no, not so my we, did, we did not start trying to get pregnant the minute I went off the pill. So I'm like, maybe we should have. <laughs> there you go. Lessons learned. Yeah. But it's just like things like that. Like no one that that's not common knowledge. Like that's not taught to us. That's not discussed. Like, you know, the fact that you're like, this may be TMI, like the fact that that potentially could be TMI when it's like a normal part of like being a woman, it's just like, I I get it, but it's also like, come on guys, like let's not make it TMI. Like let's make it normal because if we're talking about it and we're empowered and we're embracing that this is how we get to know our body, this is how we build trust in our body, um, I think that's like a, a beautiful, freeing, empowering thing. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like the more you get to know your body and understand how it works, like the more empowered you feel. Like the more you feel like – so here's like the really interesting thing, I think. Like when we don't understand like how our bodies work, we look to all these external things 
to try to like control our bodies, right? So like we go on diets or we try to like eat clean and like control everything that we're like putting into our body because we think that that's like our sense of control over our body, whether it's you're trying to control what your body looks like, like the shape of it um, or your weight or getting pregnant, like whatever it is, like it it's that sense of control. And the odd thing about it is that actually like the more you turn internally and the more you learn about how your individual body works, like keep in mind everything that we're talking about here is like generalizations. Like it's generally how your body works. Um, but everyone's body is so different. Um, and the more you learn about that, like the more the actual like the more in control you actually feel i i i like i can't echo that enough like it's crazy how like able to listen to my body and calm and controlled it's control even feels like a, a weird word to use cuz i don't feel like i'm controlling anything it's just like it happens and it's just feels good and i don't have to think about it right but like yeah i think for somebody who's dieting still and looking to be in control and feeling constantly out of control because inevitably you're going to binge or gain back the weight or whatever that is what we now have is like that control because like we're working on the same page as our the same team as our body we're not like fighting each other um and i i i think something that's like really interesting to think about here is how Susan and I are talking from this place of being on an intuitive eating or a food freedom journey for years because in the beginning, like the very, 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 very beginning, you might come to me and say, Serena, I know I hate salad dressing on my salad. Like I don't like salad dressing on my salad. Like it's it's too heavy. I don't like it, blah, 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 blah. And the hard thing is in the beginning, we kind of have to like ignore any of the preferences you think you have or the intolerances you think you have. And I know this sounds really like kind of like dismissive of you as a human, but we're doing this because we have to kind of tease out what was you like creating a rule or a belief um, about a food or a behavior or something from your mom or Cosmo magazine or whatever versus like what your body actually is telling you. Beginning you may not be just, you might be so disembodied. You might not be able to listen to your body where you might say to me, like, Serena, every time I eat gluten, I feel sick. But really, maybe it's a, it's like a placebo effect because so many to people told you for so long that eating gluten would make you sick. And once you actually get to a place where your body is nourished, you're eating enough nutrients, you do find you can actually tolerate gluten fine. And so I think this is like just – I, I kind of want to just say this because sometimes like if you're listening to this episode and you're like on day three of intuitive eating and you're like, oh yeah, I don't eat gluten because gluten makes me sick. It's kind of like – unless you have celiac disease, it's kind of like can you create a space where you just literally try everything? Like you eat everything, you try everything, you're tr like you're a brand new person trying something for the first time because that's when you can really start to like find this place that Susan and I are talking about where like you actually learn how to hear what your body's saying. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like it's a really good point to like acknowledge that there are phases and there are steps in this journey. And that's like the beauty of what we're trying to teach you is that it, it's it's a process. It's not 
this isn't a diet, you guys. This isn't a diet where it's like a cookie cutter approach where we just give you a meal plan and tell you this is what you should eat. No, this is like the opposite of that. So this is like relearning. And you have to remember that like when you're learning something new, it takes time, especially because we've been so ingrained in diet culture to think that, you know, certain foods are good and bad and like our like we our bodies cannot be trusted. Like there are so many things even just like within our culture, not just diet culture, that has have been like ingrained and created these beliefs inside of you whether or not they're actually a belief that you really want to have. Like you can change that. So I think that that's a really good point. Now, we kind of glazed over a little bit on metabolism. So I just want to like circle back to metabolism and talk about like, let's actually just like talk about metabolism and how, can you share with everyone a little bit, Serena, like how does like your metabolism work and how does that relate to like, how does dieting impact your metabolism? So I would say like metabolism, if we were trying to like define it, is like essentially like how much energy your body is burning to run the system of your body. And so in our society, we all are searching to have a fast metabolism because if we need more energy to run our body, then, you know, the the, the desire in our culture is then you'll be thinner. Um, so, so I think there's a lot of fear mongering around – don't eat that. It'll break your metabolism. Eat small frequent meals because it'll boost your metabolism, all this stuff. And so ultimately it's like, so so what actually is good for our metabolism? And I think I, I, I kind of want to say, why do Susan and I want you to have a healthy, well-functioning metabolism? It's not because we're hoping you're going to wake up tomorrow with like, you know, a celeb bod. It's because having a well-running metabolism means you have a well-running system. Like we are dietitians. We do want to help you pursue health. Um, I think that could like kind of go into another conversation where if your values do not include health, that's also okay. But just I know the clients I work with, we tend to all value health. So that's I'm kind of coming from a place where I'm assuming one of your values is health. Um, so so having a healthy metabolism, a well-running metabolism is excellent because it's going to mean that your digestion's functioning well. There's enough energy in your body that your digestion can function. There's enough energy in your body to support healthy thyroid hormone. Like it's not only about looking a certain way. It's about having enough energy to run the system efficiently. Susan, I can't remember if it was this episode or a different episode, described how the reproductive system's a low product priority system. So if your metabolism is failing and there's not enough energy in your body, reproduction or reproductive system will kind of get, you know, not enough energy basically to function correctly. So that's why we care about metabolism. So what your body requires a certain amount of energy to just live, like before you've gotten out of bed, before you've lifted a finger, your body, your liver, your brain, your kidneys, your heart, your, your thyroid, all these things need energy to function correctly. Now, what happens is if we are in a cycle where we are constantly reducing how much how many calories we're eating a day, we're training our system and telling our system there's not enough energy for you to function 
well. Like all systems cannot run normal because there is not enough energy to do so. And your body is built for survival. So what happens is your body gets the hint like, okay, we're restricting calories. There's not enough energy on earth to support Serena's system. Let's slow things down. Let's shut things down, right? In terms of like reproduction, for instance, which is not one of those critical life systems. And so your body learns how to now run on less energy. Running on less energy means your metabolism has slowed down. And what it also means is that your body is adapting for this shortage of energy on planet Earth by saying, instead of Serena running at you know, a higher amount of calories per day for to fuel her metabolism, we're going to slow it down. So now when I emerge from dieting, because inevitably it fails, I now, my metabolism has slowed down. It has adapted to function on a planet Earth where there's not enough calories. So if I went on another diet and tried to lose weight, I now would have to diet with even less calories in order to support temporary weight loss. And then my body again would adapt and my metabolism would slow down further. And this is where weight cycling comes from. This is why people will rebound, gain more weight than they had initially weighed when they um, finally go back to eating, you know, normal quote unquote off their diet. And that's really like the most important thing to understand about metabolism if you decide to go on a diet is that you're setting yourself up to slow down your metabolism. Yeah, that was such a good explanation. Like, so that's what like our concern is because when you're setting yourself up to have a slower metabolism, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to have like your body not working the way that like it would function its best at, right? Like we want your body to be functioning in a way that works best for your body and is going to produce like the most health for your body. Like I agree with Serena, like we are here because like we do value health and like probably if you're listening to this, you also value health. And so like we want you to have your body be in a place where you can be healthy. And being healthy is not what diet culture and culture has taught you that it is. And one of those key pieces is having a metabolism that is functioning well. And the way that you have a metabolism that is functioning well is to feed your body what it needs. And that is an appropriate amount of energy, an appropriate amount of different nutrients like carbohydrates, proteins, fats, and mixed in with like a variety of vitamins and minerals and fiber. Like that like blend of stuff and like consistent nourishment on a daily basis, like that's the stuff that's going to produce a healthy metabolism, which is going to help support your overall health and help prevent also the weight cycling, which as we've talked about before on this podcast, like weight cycling can lead to chronic illness and chronic disease. And we don't want that for you. Yeah. So it's like, it's this simple, it kind of goes back. It's like one of those things that's really, what is it when it's simple, but not easy. Like it's really simple in that your body is built to be robustly healthy. Like your body is built to survive and to function well. And all these people trying to like sell you like pills and miracle cures and diets to to tell you like that you can't trust yourself, um, they, they don't want you to know 
like these really simple things about your body. Like, yes, you can trust your body. No, there is no food that you eat that magically turns into fat that you need to be scared for your life. If you ever see anything that's like, eat these five foods to live forever or eat these six foods to burn fat in your sleep, like that is that they don't understand metabolism or they're betting they're betting you don't understand metabolism but i need you to know now that if you're not eating enough calories in a day you're supporting slowing down metabolism they might be like oh you're supporting weight loss okay aka you're supporting slowing down your metabolism i don't care if you're drinking icy acai bowls while you're doing it i don't care if you're popping keto ketone pills while you're doing it you're slowing down metabolism okay period there's no if ands or buts and so um i i i just want you to feel empowered like when food digests into your bloodstream it's not like you know, magical sweet potatoes are in this vein and bad free ranchers are in that vein. It all breaks down to sugar. Like it doesn't matter. Like they are literally equivalent. One is not bad. One is not good. Okay. When protein breaks down, it turns into amino acids. It doesn't matter if it started as a pig or hemp seed. It doesn't matter. So I, I, I just you're allowed to make choices that feel good in your body. I encourage you to experiment with different ways of eating to see what supports you feeling most energetic and ideal in your skin. However, when when somebody is trying to moralize food and tell you that one of these things that God forbid you eat it will turn into XYZ or do this to you, no, like no. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, I hope that breaking this down and talking a little bit more about metabolism and even a little bit about women's health is just giving you that like light at the end of the tunnel to realize like there is a way to understand your body and there is a way for you to feel more empowered by your body and not feel um, so negative about it. And that is what we are here to share with you. So we will talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us. If you're a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to freedom.fertility on Instagram to grab your free starter guide for food freedom, fertility, nutrition.